Welcome to the Almighty's Dollar Podcast with Daniel Watts, the director of the EGM Institute. Welcome to the Almighty's Dollar Podcast. This week, we're looking at the relationship between Christian fundraising, giving, and the financial support of God's people. When we accepted God's calling to serve as missionaries in Poland, Tim and Lynn Graves immediately sent a financial gift to the sending organization. They told us they wanted to be the first people to support us in our new ministry. Over the ensuing 30 years, they have been faithful monthly supporters and on many occasions given extra gifts to meet specific needs, such as the time my notebook computer was stolen and Tim found out and sent a gift to buy a replacement. Giving is to God, but one of the primary purposes of those gifts is the support of God's people. We looked at 1 Corinthians 9 last week and studied Paul's teaching on this important topic. Today, we look at the issues Paul was addressing in today's world. The road well-traveled has rightly advanced the biblical teaching that vocational ministry workers are due financial support from the people they serve. This principle is, in fact, one of that road's great legacies. However, there's more education that needs to be done about the 1 Corinthians 9 teaching in local churches in countries around the world. I have met far too many pastors who are asked to serve vocationally in church ministry, meaning 40 to 50 hours a week. They prepare sermons, lead weekly Bible studies, visit the sick and the shut-ins, counsel members of the congregation and community, organize the Sunday worship, recruit and develop volunteers for the ministry to children and youth, plan and lead seasonal events for summer, Christmas, Lent, Easter, Days of Thanks. They organize and lead prayer meetings, handle church finances, meet with other church leaders, maintain the facilities, and receive little or nothing materially from their church. And it's nearly impossible for these pastors to teach about giving in their congregations for fear of alienating the congregation. A fresh look at Paul's perspective, pastors and Christian leaders are to be financially supported for doing the vocational ministry work God has called them to do, might be useful to churches and ministries around the world. Unfortunately, a small minority of pastors all around the world have a living standard far above that of their own congregation. In some circles, at the other extreme, people view this wealth as a sign of God's blessing and a spiritual badge of honor for their church. Reconciling that way of thinking with Paul's concerns in 1 Corinthians 9 is difficult. Even more troubling is the number of parachurch leaders whose relatively extravagant lifestyles are supported by foreigners who may be completely unaware. I've met a number of national Christian leaders, pastors who have secretaries, notebook computers, iPads, iPhones, travel budgets for international travel, often including the wife and children, and homes that no local pastor could or would ever have. And I don't mean a pastor in some tiny little church. I mean any pastor. Let me share an example of what I'm talking about, and it's not an isolated example. Three years ago, I was at the border between Rwanda and the Democratic Republic of Congo. 
I was walking across the border to be met by our director and a few board members for a two or three day visit. As we were filling out the requisite forms, I looked out at the parking lot in the sort of no man's land between the borders, and it looked like a high-end SUV convention, except for the stickers on the sides of the vehicles. That was the key difference. Most of the messages proclaimed on the sides of the SUVs started with the word save. Save the world, save the children, save the sick, save the women, save the something. Without exception, every vehicle was an NGO vehicle of some kind, NGO standing for non-government organization. The acronym is generally an international equivalent to what we call a nonprofit in the United States. Many had European or American passengers, but many of them were African workers. I did some quick math and realized I was looking at, based on an average price of $50,000, about $2 million in vehicles on the border with the poorest country in the world. I walked over to the other side where our little team was waiting, and when we got into a 10-year-old Toyota mini station wagon, I felt pretty much like a failure as a couple of those SUVs dusted us. We drove to my quarters, and if you have ever traveled to the DRC, you know that it's one of the most economically challenged countries in the world. Among the evidence of the hurting infrastructure are the numerous bumps, ditches, and holes in the road, literally and figuratively. As we bumped and bounced along, I noticed a couple of those SUVs driving into gated compounds complete with security personnel. I caught a glimpse of one building through a gate, and it looked like a villa in northern Italy. I gently inquired of my hosts, and they replied, In the DRC, relief work and ministry are an industry for many. The wealthy and upper class are working high up in government or in the NGO world, all on the backs of others' poverty and foreign money. Now, I know this is a complicated issue, but Paul's teaching in 1 Corinthians 9 should be some kind of guideline for us as we sort it out. One truth, however, is clear. Individuals whom God calls out of a Christian community and into vocational ministry should be supported materially by that community. We've seen in Scripture that God calls churches and Christians to materially support those leaders serving in vocational ministry, and it remains true today. The bulk of your local church's budget, for instance, goes to pastors and staff salaries. In other words, supporting church leaders is the principal purpose of your tithes and offerings. In addition to meeting a pastor's practical needs, though, Providing support for the workers in your own church can be a source of real joy, and I've experienced that myself. Over the years, providing support for other missionaries and for workers in our own church has given Marlon and me great joy and continues to do so today. We can sum all this up with two simple truths. First, and this is the mindset of those on the road less traveled, The gift given for a worker's support is a gift given to God. And second, and even more crucial, is that while vocational servants of God are accountable to those they serve, each servant is primarily accountable to God and should take that truth very seriously. 
I have many Christian businessmen friends who are radically committed to the Great Commission. They give sacrificially. They travel the world to be part of his kingdom work. And they tell stories about hardworking missionaries who serve at a significant cost to themselves, yet work for the Lord with great diligence and commitment. Unfortunately, these friends also tell me about the disturbing number of missionaries who appear to have such a poor work ethic that it's difficult for them to understand what exactly the missionaries are actually accomplishing. I've seen it myself, and it grieves me to talk to a Christian businessman who works very hard, gives maybe half of his income to God to support Christian ministry work, visits overseas ministry sites only to discover that the workers aren't really working that hard. Business people like my friends are working for the Lord and before the Lord. They give generously and faithfully to God, and we are blessed to receive that material support from God. Vocational Christian workers, be they pastors or missionaries, are accountable to the Lord, and we should work like it. That relationship between the giver, the worker, and at the center, God himself, creates a sense of partnership in sharing the gospel that can truly change the world. We hope you've enjoyed this week's The Almighty's Dollar Podcast. If you like what you hear, feel free, perfectly free, to invite a colleague to join us. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Our next Almighty's Dollar Podcast will be the same time next week. To learn more about giving and fundraising, check out the EGM Institute website at www.egminstitute.org.